Thank you for listening to the Casually Molly podcast. This is your host, Molly Ambergie, and I just wanted to recognize our partnership with With Love. With Love is a handcrafted bath and body company based in St. Louis, Missouri. Founded by hubby and wife dynamic duo Stephen and Kendra Hunt in November 2016, they initially wanted to make natural products for their family to use, but God had a bigger plan. Commercial products and uncertainty of everything that was in them and having eczema in their household, they decided to formulate their own products with items right in their kitchen. After making a post on social media, here they are today. Please make sure that you are following With Love on Facebook and Instagram. Have you ever wanted to get your shit together? Scrap it, look through the lens and capture it. But first world problems are getting you down Disabled, salty, needed a lap to fix that frown <laughs> Well you can do all those things and so much more Just grab a seat in the chair or the floor Sit back, relax, recline While she drops another casual line You're tuned in to Casually Molly with Molly and Bergie. All right. Welcome back to the Casually Molly podcast. I am your host, Molly Ambergie. We are here in the Dot Dax studios, and I am sitting with two of my favorite people. We have a returning podcast guest and friend, supporter, Yale Hollander. How are you doing? I'm great, Molly. <laughs> Glad to be back. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we got you off the loop trolley, so we'll get into that maybe in a little bit. <laughs> Oh, oh, that, yes, let's. I know, he seems so excited. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Yale Hollander is a St. Louis-based comedian, but he's got a great lineup of shows that he has produced, including Coffee Break, you've had The Loop Trolley. I mean, we uh, kind of our inside joke with Yale and the comedy scene is where else is Yale going to produce a show? So That's right, <laughs> that's right, you never know. You never know, but that's kind of a good way to be. We'll get into Yale's story in a second. I also just wanted to introduce our other guest, the founder of Backdoor Comedy and Events that just opened right here in O'Fallon, Missouri. Give it up for Michael Tobin. Hello. Hello. How are you doing today, Molly? I am good. I know. I'm, I, I love that I'm talking to you guys like I didn't just see you on the sidewalk and we did a <laughs> mic check or anything. That's showbiz. <laughs> that is showbiz. Well, now that we got all the uh, professionalism out of the way. Um, I, I wanted to bring these two gentlemen on because they are making quite the splash in the uh, comedy scene here in St. Louis, Missouri, in more ways than one. Um, both of you kind of have similar backgrounds in the sense that you're both creating comedy in different places of the city. You being Yale multiple places. So. Yes, and uh, sometimes <laughs> not even in one place. Exactly. But I, uh, I love it just because I've, I've been stopped at work because Yale Hollander has uh, made news headlines recently with his show on the Loop Trolley. Yale, do you kind of want to talk about that for a second? <laughs> sure, why not? Uh, the Loop Trolley, of course, to anybody who has been around the St. Louis area for really, gosh, I want to say almost the last 10 years, uh, has been acutely aware of kind of one of our our quirky, quirkier citizens uh, in the metro region, Joe Edwards, uh, has had a massive amount of success uh, with uh, Blueberry Hill mm -hmm. and then eventually basically pioneering and spearheading a grand restoration and redevelopment of the Del Mar Loop area, pushing the Del Mar Loop from just, you know, a few square blocks of University City well 
within the the city limits of the city of St. Louis uh, and has had just an incredible, like I said before, incredible amount of success doing that. And uh, then he got the vision that in order to make the Del Mar Loop just a world-class destination and a real signature uh, of St. Louis as a tourist destination and also a fun local amusement, he had the idea to spearhead this effort to get federal funding uh, to pay for a streetcar, basically, which was at one time the main trans public transportation artery for the entire St. Louis region. I mean, stretching out way even into West County. At one time, the streetcar line ran all the way out to Crevecore Park, which is practically on the border of St. Charles County. That I actually didn't know. Yes, so, yes. Yeah. The streetcars up until um, May 21st, 1966, uh, the day my in-laws got married, uh, oh. were a staple in the city of St. Louis, uh, particularly uh, during the 20s, 30s, and 40s, and then the 50s and 60s, it kind of uh, waned a little bit. But it was definitely the form of transportation in the Del Mar Loop area, that, that area that stretches from U-City almost all the way to Midtown, really. Oh, wow. Yeah, so Joe wanted to bring it back. He thought that it would be a good connector between particularly the Del Mar Loop and Forest Park and would um, spur development in kind of that underutilized strip uh, that's between Skinker and uh, where Forest Park proper really begins, like by the History Museum. And uh, didn't quite work out the way he wanted. <laughs> um, you know, he had a grand vision. And um, it, it looked good on paper, but it got very expensive. There were a number of cost overruns. It ended up costing about $52 million. Oh, wow. Um, the development has been slow. Uh, and part of that, you know, it's kind of a chicken and egg thing. Uh, all the construction that was needed to get the tracks relayed on Del Mar and to set up all of the um, uh, dedicated stops and things like that, there was a lot of curb work. There were a, there was a lot of business interruption. It was it was a pain to travel on Del Mar. It was a pain to park on Del Mar. So a lot of businesses hurt. Some of them closed because the construction was a huge interference. Uh, and then once the trolley came in, there was a problem with compatibility with the tracks. There were some restoration issues. Uh, there's supposed to be three cars. Uh, in full service, two of which would run consecutively or uh, at the same time. Right. Uh, and that has, there have been all kinds of problems with that. And then, of course, very few people were using it. Yeah. So I came to the decision that since everybody seems to be kind of treating the trolley as this massive, embarrassing boondoggle, let's have some fun with it. Yes. And so I just, a couple of years ago, sarcastically put something out on Twitter about, I'm going to run a comedy show on the Loop Trolley. And somebody on the Loop Trolley's social media team, uh, who I later later turns out to be the actual executive director of the Loop <laughs> Trolley, tweeted back, uh, yeah, we'd love to do that. And I just thought, okay, that's that's cute, that's funny, whatever. Uh, and then two years later this summer, um, I you know just kind of uh, reached out to them again, this time in a, an email, and said, I, I'm really serious about this. I would really like to produce a show on the Loop Trolley. And they're like, well, we'd really like for you to do that. And it was very easy. 
I mean, they were very receptive to it. And so we created Laugh Tracks. Yes. And uh, the for the grand opening of Laugh Tracks, uh, we had an overcapacity seating-wise crowd. I mean, the trolley cars seat 45. We had 65 people on it. And the absolute maximum load capacity standing room only is like 80. So it was a very full trolley. And we had a great time. Uh, news media came out. Channel 4 came out and, and covered it because there was a huge line on Delmar for this thing. And nobody had ever seen that before. We had Mr. Gary yes. from Them Yo People came out. He actually rode the trolley for a while with us. I was about to say, that us. went on there. That was like, a, like, that almost went viral. Like, I felt like everybody was like, did you know Mr. Gary was with your friend Yale on the trolley. Yeah, I mean it was it, it, it was a, a, a massive social event, and uh, so yeah, it was a massive success. Um, and then we had the second show, which was a little uh, more lightly attended, shall we say, because the Cardinals were in town hosting the National League Championship Series that yeah. night. So uh, we uh, we didn't do so well that. And then the next morning, I get up and my phone is blowing up. Uh, with Twitter notifications where everybody is copying me in on the fact that that morning the Loop Trolley announced that they were basically going to have to shut down unless they got $700,000 uh, in funds that they didn't have. Otherwise, they were going to shut down in November. Uh, they got, I think, 200000 or something like that as kind of Band-Aid funding. Uh, and then they announced just, I want to say, two days ago that not enough and the trolley will officially go dark on December 29th isn't even going to make it through 2019 oh, and the hope is that our public transit authority metro uh, will somehow or another revive that through uh, integrating it into its system but as of right now I mean the loop trolley uh, it doesn't run at night anymore so we couldn't have any more shows we were supposed to have one next Friday uh, which would be December the 13th um, that's not obviously going to happen because it's not running at night yes. and they have no money. So, I mean, not that, not that we were getting paid a grand amount. I think they only spent probably about 42 million of the 52 million on the comedy show itself. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, um, so <laughs> we're going to, we're going to do without. Oh, but you know, honestly, what I love about you, Yale, and um, we'll, we'll kind of tie this into uh, Michael's endeavor in comedy as well is, you know, you are starting comedy in a new place. You know, we're trying to really, you know, St. Louis is full of different pits of live comedy. Um, a lot of times people are like, oh, I didn't even know that there was a show going on here and there. And Yale, you're kind of known, you um, were very gracious. When I first started doing comedy, Yale came on my podcast and talked about how uh, you kind of reinvented yourself midlife. I did. <laughs> and started doing comedy, which was fantastic. And we're obviously so fortunate. Everybody's always like, oh, Yale's so nice, wonderful, which is correct. And he gave me one of my first like 10 minute sets at a coffee break when it used to be at foam. Right. Yes. It was a quite a good time. And now, you know, we're bringing coffee break back to the yes, Gaslight Theater. The Gaslight Theater. January 31st will be our first show there. Yes. Very exciting. I'm extremely excited about that. I'm glad to have the franchise back. A uh, franchise which, I, I, to be completely candid, was gifted to me by Ken Warner, mm -hmm. uh, who founded the show, uh, and then uh, took some time off. And uh, I, I did the gentlemanly thing. I offered it back to him, and he's like, nope, you take it. It's yours. Thank you, Ken. Yes. <laughs> Uh, well, what I uh, what I wanted to tie into, you know, Yale's starting these new shows, and now we have Michael, who just opened Backdoor Comedy and Events. You know, 
opening a comedy club is a, it's quite an undertaking or any, honestly, whenever you open a business. Um, and what I like about your setup is that you've got the comedy club and then you also have the tap house that's attached right next door. Yeah. So, I mean, you kind of get the best of both worlds. You've got comedy, you've got some alcohol, you know, what, what more could people want, <laughs> right? You know, but uh, on, a, on a more like a, it's a serious note, what made you decide to open up back door? Where did this, where, t- take us back wow. to the beginning. Um, what doors did we have to open to get here? There's, there's, <laughs> The back one, the, the back, back door, one. the back door. That's all you needed. I, you know, opened the back door, and I'll, I'll talk about how the name came about. Um, it, it, this story goes way back, back to when. Um, and 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 the funny thing is, uh, I want to thank Yale. Yale has been a big part of me getting the club to where it is today. Oh. So, oh shucks, thank, yeah, thanks. Yale. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, Yale and I are both fifty-one years old, and Get it. and to uh, we both are are true entrepreneurs. Where you know we re- reinvent ourselves, we reinvent what we want to do in our lives, and and uh, that is a lot of people get very scared to do that. But the thing is, is life is short. Find what you love and do it and never look back. Um, going to back to why did I open a comedy club? Back in my early 20s, I met this amazing man. His name is Al Canal. And uh, for those that don't know who Al is, Al is a legend. Um, he Right now, he runs the Wiley Theater over in Edwardsville. Uh, but uh, when I met him, he was running Funny Bone at Westport. And uh, this was, like I said, this is over 25 years ago. And I met him at the time I was selling beds. And him and his wife came in and I uh, bought a bed. And we were getting, you know, just, you know, chit-chatting. And uh, he told me, he goes, oh, yeah, I run Funny Bone. And I'm like, oh, I've always loved comedy. And so, you know, he invited me over, uh, started hanging out. Um, and, and Al and I started to become friends. Um, I went funny bone all the time. And then when he ended up, uh, running a comedy forum out in St. Peter's, uh, I would, I would bring just a bunch of people. I, I, at that time I was, uh, owned a mortgage company. And so I'd get groups of real estate agents and bring them all in and we'd have a good time, have a party. So, uh, uh, Al and I just always had stuck together. And so I was like, you know, I'm like, oh, I, you know, I would love to do a comedy store comedy club the one thing is like uh most people know in businesses especially with restaurants or comedy clubs or anything you have to have the right environment uh, and you got to keep your overhead low so uh, a few months ago i i walked into the tap house i was doing a happy hour uh right for a magazine and we were doing a monthly a monthly happy hour and the owner todd goes hey mike if you know anyone that wants to rent the back half of my building, uh, you know, send him my way. I'm like, hey, let me go take a look at it. And instantly I'm like, oh gosh, you know, cause I've been in this back room, but it's been a few years. And I went back there and I'm like, I'll rent it. I'm gonna put a comedy club. And that was it. There was no more discussion. And that's when my wife hates me because <laughs> I make decisions <laughs> without even, you know, I'm gonna like throw all this money. <laughs> I'm gonna throw all this money into this place and, uh, uh, no, I'm not going to ask you. I'm just going to do it. Um, so, <laughs> which is a whole other story. Uh, and that's just how I, I've always been. So, you know, that's how that it, it formed. And within a couple of months, I, I, I'm up and running. 
So uh, it, was, it, it was a perfect environment. And that I have been in a whole bunch of comedy clubs, and I did research and asked a lot of comics. And it, everybody, the, the, the national acts that I've had come in, everyone loves this room, and they're talking about it across the country. Actually, it was talked about on Bob and Tom's show uh, last week. Really? Yeah. Awesome. And, and which, is, which is great and sad because Bob and Tom's show is not, you know, here in St. Louis um, unless you have it on their app. So, you know, hopefully uh, that's going to change uh, here soon. But um, it's just it, the way that room is set up with having the stage in the corner and filling out. Um, if you haven't been there, guys, come out and check it out because there's not a bad seat in the house. Nope. Yeah. No. You, you can know. always see everybody. That's what I liked yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. And that was one thing I really, really, uh, it was funny. Al Canal came out when I was in construction and to check it out. And he was like, can you move this wall? You know, it, yeah, 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 I can move a whole wall. We'll just extend the foundation. And you know. <laughs> it's like, no, Al, can't move a wall. I got to work with what I have. Yeah. Well, you've been doing quite well. I, you know, before we started recording, uh, I told Michael that I enjoyed going to the open mic on Thursday. Uh, if you are a comedian or if you want to try something out, you know, see what your material sounds like. Uh, Michael hosts the open mic or he gets other people too on Thursday nights and then you can just sign up at seven shows at seven. Right. And I think we're, we're going to start, we're going to change that. Okay. Uh, actually Al, uh, Al, uh, Yale, Al, Yale. One of those men. <laughs> one, of those great, one of those great men in here in St. Louis. Uh, Yale told me about a thing and I'm going to have to get the, uh, the, I need to start doing signups like online. Yeah. Cause we had 25, 23, 25 people comics sign up and that was just just too many yeah you know i, I want to kind of keep it around that 15 mm -hmm. um and so we can give each comic a little more time exactly. we were like down to four minutes and to me i don't think that's fair yeah online signups are kind of easier too so that way you can just kind of go through post the list up yep. say who's going to be coming and then you know like uh, at Helium, they do that, which is right. kind of helpful. So you just go to the, you either go to the website or the email or the Facebook page. There's always somewhere, which is great. These clubs always make sure you know who, right. you know. Yeah, I'm going to put it on the website. But yeah. yeah. So Yale and I will have to talk about that after show. Sounds good to me. No, it's great. And then uh, the show that I went to, I didn't get to see. So Kenny DeForest, he's a very famous comedian <laughs> that was on Late Night with Seth Meyers and King of the Late Shows. And I went to go see him and he was fantastic. Um, I, so if you get a chance to, where, who are some of the other lineups that you have? Well, I'm telling out? you, it, well, you know, while we're sitting here, we're sitting here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Justin Leon's going to come in a couple of weeks. Uh, and, um, well, actually probably, I don't know how, when this podcast gets released, but, uh, you know, every weekend through the end of the year, one of my big uh, favorite comedians, uh, Dale Jones is coming for my birthday weekend, uh, which, uh, um, that'll be March 13th and 14th. That is going to be uh, a show that you will not want to miss. He is, he is outrageous. The guy, I don't know how many, I, I, I couldn't even count how many jokes he goes. He is so fast. He's like, boom, 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 boom. And the energy is off the charts. So that, that'll be in March. But every weekend I have, I bring in national acts. Uh, um, so we're, we're going and we're, we have, you know, Great New Year's Eve uh, deal with Frank Roach. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, who, uh, if you haven't heard him, he's hilarious. Uh, in a couple of weeks, we got Mike Baldwin. Um, like, 
I've been I've been very fortunate. I hooked up with an organization called Funny Business, and they've been cranking out great people, uh, sending them my way. You've got Jeff Bodart coming in January third yes. and fourth. I'll nice. be I'll be hosting that show. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get that plug in there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, that's right here. Plug it in. Do your shameless plug. I like it. <laughs> uh, and that's and that's one thing you know. And uh, you know, you kind of talked. Yeah, I talked about why I I started a club. Uh, you know what? But I the last past four years, I've been a business coach and I'm a certified life coach. My whole my whole thing is, especially any comedian that's listening, um, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know how to write a joke. I have people that I could hook you up with with that, but I'm a businessman and I know how to help you monetize it by teaching you how to sell merchandise. It, it, it blows my mind these national guys that come in that don't sell anything because you and I know, you know, especially at this level and, and the next level. You don't really make that much money going, you know, on the road and doing these doing these shows. Your merchandise is where you really make the money. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, selling T-shirts, you know, koozie cups, stickers, you know, bumper stickers. Um, that little money adds up and you can end up doubling your thing. So that's a part of my uh, behind the scenes what I want to do um, to help the comedian. Also, it's like Chris Sear. Who uh, we ho- love him. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> he, he hosted. Uh, or he he's been at the club. I put him, got him in as a feature act, and uh, now I, I I went back to funny business and said, hey, I uh, I recommend him. You know, uh, if you want to do you know headliner or send him, and so they're gonna they're gonna work on getting him gigs uh, around the region as they should. He's yes. honestly amazing. So and that yeah. that's one of, you, that's Chris. the whole point is. You come, let's say you come open mic, work your, your, your bits out, get your, get your show together, and then we'll move you up into an MC. If you really rock that, I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to get you in as a feature act. And then from there, who knows? So, you know, that's, that's where I want to go. I want to get you in that, in that. Which I feel like is a really progressive way of trying to like, rather than kind of, because, you know, I was in theater and I, I used to produce shows for like over five years. We went to Chicago, Kentucky, like all around the Midwest area, really. But uh, sometimes all, you know, a lot of these things become in the entertainment industry, not just in comedy. Things can fall very quickly into being kind of like a cattle call, per se, because there's always so many good people like Scott James over at the Funny Bone. Right. He'll say like in the meetings, and that's why I listen to him every time. Everybody's like, "Oh, you know, he's saying the same thing over and over." But sometimes Scott uh, will change things on you, yes. <laughs> and he starts dropping some uh, some information on business. And I'm like, "Please tell me more, Scott. Thank you." But um, he talks about that. He's like, "You know, like you have to keep hustling. Like, don't just go to this open mic. Keep going." You know, and like it, it definitely does get exhausting, especially like, you know, we all have day jobs. Like I work from seven to three at a hotel every day and then you have to like go through afterwards. But he's like, you know, there's a lot of funny people and there is a lot of competition. Mm-hmm. But if you just keep hustling and moving forward and kind of working productively in the industry, kind of what you're talking about, you'll be able to kind of do this more, you know, like less of a like when we were in theater, a lot of times there's, you know, we were just downstairs and there's all these auditions going on and, you know. There's so many people, you know, you keep just like going and going, but you're not getting anything like learning experience wise out of it. So I really commend you for trying to, obviously it's business wise, it's good to get booked, get the merch, get the money, but it's also good to know 
the business strategies behind everything. So right. props to you, Michael, for doing that. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and, and and let me offer a an unsolicited testimonial as to as to what Michael is doing, just from my own personal experience. And he is right here, and, so go ahead. The, and, <laughs> as as the as the money crosses say. the table. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, this is why we do audio, folks. There's a right, lot of money exchange on right, this table right exactly, now. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, what Michael doesn't know is that I'd gladly take compensation in the form of the uh, fried mushrooms that you can get at the tap house right <laughs> next door. You know what? You know, that, I, uh, their food is just amazing it's there. It's really good. I haven't eaten there yet. I'm oh, just What am I the, doing? <laughs> the, uh, the, the Todd who put together this menu, his... He is, he's a true chef. And uh, I asked him some, some of those burgers he has. I'm like, how'd you come up with it? Well, I, he goes, uh, and this is, the, his words were, I had a hangover. I'm like, what, what's going to fix this? And uh, he came up, you know, he's got this popper burger that uh, it's, it's got, you know, jalapenos and cream cheese on this delicious burger. I was about to say, this all sounds really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm trying to get hungry for a burger, and what time is it? Well, it's 10.30, like, that's yeah, fair. You're close okay, enough. But close enough. Here's, yeah. here, here's, what, here's what I wanted oh, to sorry, say. we were talking uh, about money dealing. Uh, right. Let's get back to where we were. <laughs> now, here, here's what I wanted to say, is that you know I've been, uh, I've been in the comedy game here in St. Louis for three and a half years, uh, and am very grateful for the time that the other two, what I would call corporate clubs here in town, Helium and the Funny Bone, uh, have given me over the years, but I've never gotten a weekend. I've never really had the opportunity to work in tandem with a nationally touring headliner. And I can understand why the clubs, you know, would really want to give preference to the comics that are really trying to make a career out of this, you know, rather than guys like me and a couple of other kind of committed day job people that, you know, are our career trajectories are by our own choice limited to just doing the, you know, occasional gigs and things like that. But Michael has, you know, clearly uh, given me and I know a couple of other what I would call uh, comics with day jobs opportunities to get those weekend gigs and to work with other comics and get their insight. Because it's not just about, you know, the, the 10 minutes of stage time that you get twice a night, you know, four or five times a weekend. It's also about the opportunities that you get spending time with the touring pros who can give you feedback and advice on how to sharpen up your own bits and basically how to kind of navigate the whole business. So kudos uh, to Michael for giving guys like me, and I know guys like Tom Brown, I know he's had a couple of other, he's had a couple of hosting weekends out there. Um, you know, guys like us are getting a chance to, to get that weekend work. Now, I'm not foreclosing on the possibility. I mean, if anybody from the Funny Bone and, and Helium is listening, you know, there's only so many weekends that Michael can use me. So, you know, I'll be glad to fill those uh, other vacancies for you, but it's it's that's one of the reasons I enjoy working with Michael because he gen genuinely is really vested in the development of everybody's comedy game. He really is. Well, I mean, listen, Michael is one of the nicest people. Not because you're standing. We were just at the Funny Bone one night, and I'm walking my friend to her car, and I'm with Jimmy or whatever. And this very nice man comes around. He's like, hi, I'm Michael. I'm opening up this comedy club. I'm talking to Yale and Chris. And he's like, here's my card. And he was so nice. And he walked away. I was like, I turned to my friend. I was like, I have never met, like, 
a nice person like this that just, I was like, most men that approach you in a parking lot, they ask you yeah. for change, you know, things. That, and Michael's like, here, let's be friends. I'm like, what's your Facebook? I was like, you, so, you know, you know, you got a good personality. You have a good business backing. You have people who believe in you. So, you know, best of luck with oh, the, geez, uh, thanks. you know, yeah. geez, <laughs> thanks guys. <laughs> uh, no, and, and that, that's the, that's the, the, the whole thing I, I do. And thanks, you know, um, and uh, yeah, uh, funny bone helium. Um, hire Yale. Uh, you won't. You won't be disappointed. Come on, guys. Uh, Yale Hollander. Yale Hollander. No, you know. Yale for president. <laughs> Yale <right>. No. <laughs> I love how this just turned into. You know what? We just need to put Yale. Just let's just put him on a billboard already. Okay. I'm ready to drive down Highway 40 and just see Yale. You know. No, I'd. I'd um, no. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather. I'd rather see Layla on the billboards. There's a lot of. I, I tweeted about that yesterday. I oh. wave at all the Layla billboards. Yeah. So. That's just me. <laughs> He's like, well, uh, let's talk of, about somebody else for <laughs> yeah, a yeah. Speaking of just, you know, working clubs, hire, all that kind of stuff, you know, we are, uh, you know, I'm only 29 and I, I'm, I'm very well aware that there's so much to learn and do. And I feel like a lot of times, you know, I'm balancing like podcasting, comedy, you know, social life, this, you know, everything. And, you know, you're talking about you guys are, you know, have families and, you know, you're like my wife, you know, I don't want to talk about this, but, you know, I'm just, I'm putting myself into a comedy club. You know, how do you guys balance, you know, your lives with comedy and things like that being grown men in the industry? <laughs> you know, uh, and, and that's, uh, that, that goes back to the life coaching that uh, I learned about um, because I went through a transition where I was very unhappy with my life oh. and um, very in a bad, bad, dark area. And I had to figure out what was wrong, you know. And, um, you know, and that's where I said, you know, you, you got to learn where, what makes you happy. But the true balance of life um, is aligning everything. And it starts with uh, my advice to you, Molly, and ever, anyone listening that is is feels like they're not on track is you got to start with you and uh it's it starts with the self-care and finding your happiness it's like uh i when i was trying to find where when was the last time i was truly happy and this was this was uh almost probably four or five five years ago when i i started doing this and i was miserable and i couldn't try to figure out when i was happy and i had to go all the way back to when i was like nine years old uh when i was truly happy and when i mean truly happy i felt i had total control of my own little world and uh, I, I grew up out of lake st louis and i had a sailboat and uh, when i was out on the water by myself and being able to control everything you know with the wind and you kind of get all intersynced and and that was true happiness that was bliss and so trying to find that and it's hard. It's hard, especially with as fast as we go today, um, with with everything, uh, the social media. Everybody's trying to tell you what to do. The, the 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 second layer of advice is stop listening to anyone else and and find your true compass and run with it, because uh, you want to succeed in life. You know how many people told me uh, opening a comedy club was stupid, and uh, you shouldn't do it. It's a you're gonna fail. Um, it was outstanding. You know, anytime I brought that up, I either had way over the top of, oh my God, St. Charles County needs this entertainment or really, why would you do that? And I, you know, I, 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 because, uh, 
people who say, why would you do that? Or anytime someone does negative, it's because all of a sudden their own fears come up and they're afraid to do anything. And those are usually unhappy people. So yeah. Oh, I agree with that. I feel like a lot of times when I started doing, I'm sure, yeah, we've talked about this too, but you know, when you start doing comedy, a lot of people are like, oh, really? Like, I don't know what they're thinking in their minds, but you know, you kind of get that vast majority too that also say like, oh, wow, like I would be really scared to do that. You must be mm -hmm. super brave, you know, at the same time. Uh, but you know, I think it's just like what you said, like you do have to start out with you first. I, not that this is the same equivalent by any means, but I, uh, when I was 26, you know, I, I had to move back in with my parents because I was in a relationship that I, I shouldn't have been in. And I was like, you know, I had to go back to them and kind of figure out who I was. Of course, my parents were like, absolutely, please move home. In fact, stay as long as you want. Yeah. But why, why I bring that up is I was like, oh, you know, I thought that grad school was going to be my end all be all. It's like, that's going to be it. You know, everybody usually goes to grad school. I'm going to go get a master's like this. But then I started doing comedy and I started going to comedy clubs at night and doing all these things and nothing against like my sister's a pharmacist. Like she went to, you know, medicine, all of that. But for me personally, I was going to class and I was crying and I wasn't happy and I felt very, I don't know, I just, I just knew it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. But then what I thought about, I was like, well, what does make me like, what is getting me out of the house to do what I want to do? And it was open mics. And like, you know, even though you start kind of a new material, everything's a little shaky, you know, sometimes like it's a little intimidating when somebody's super good and you're like, fuck, I don't know if I've got any good shit to share tonight, but we'll just find out. But I mean, now, like two years into comedy, I feel like I'm so much like so much happier than I would have been. I mean, I know how to do accounting now. However, like everybody's <laughs> like, are you going to finish grad? I'm like, you know, I have my undergrad. I have two degrees already. I was like, you know, I think that journalism and marketing and theater and all of that, I think I'm set. And I'm, I, I used to kind of struggle with, you know, should I finish grad school? But I feel like it was more for what I, like if I was going to finish it, it was more of me being accepted by others, if that makes right. sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, and that's I, the like, worst thing yeah. to do anything. And my parents, of course, were like, oh, like we don't, like we just wanted you to go if you wanted to go. But if, if you don't want to go, like you're, and I like, you know, and then I found a good job over at Hotel Ignacio here. And, you know, I, and I say that because they know I do this podcast, but I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am allowed to do it. But I, um, you know, and I love working in the hotel industry right now at this point in my life. So it's, it was definitely kind of a weird five years that I was trying to figure myself out and I was working three different jobs at once and it was nuts, but you know, now I'm in such a good place in my life and I've got this great podcast and like comedy brought me to great people like you guys. So I'm, I'm very grateful. Sorry, that was kind of like a long, casual tangent. Sorry, guys. But, no, uh, I, like, that's what the show's all yeah. about. <laughs> but uh, Yale, why don't you talk? So Yale actually came on um, the podcast in its very early stages, and he was very supportive, very kind, wrote us a great review, and he kind of talked about how he reinvented himself mm -hmm. in midlife. And you talked about, I, there was something that you brought up that was really sweet about your wife um, coming to see a show. And she was like, you know, I get it. Like yeah. I see the people that you hang out with and I get why you're doing this. Um, so I think that's great that you have such a great personal support from your family to do all these yeah. comedy endeavors. Well, and since we've had that conversation, um, both of my kids have now gone out. Both of my kids, one of them went to the first trolley show oh. and the, and the younger and the older one went to the second 
yeah, trolley awesome. show. Yeah, I love and the, f- the the first one she wanted to go with me, and so that was great. That was my youngest, uh, who will be fifteen next month. Uh, she wanted to go with me, and so uh, that's how that happened. But the second time, the older one, the one who actually has a car and can drive, she came by choice. <laughs> yes. She brought a friend and came by choice. She wanted to see me, and then they and they got to meet the other comics. And they're like, okay, yeah, we get it. These are cool people. This is fun. This is a neat thing to do. We're we're glad you're doing this. So, Aww. so yeah, that was because I remember you were nice. like, yeah, my kids have to come see a show, and now I'm like, oh, yeah, things are. Uh... <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the Loop Trolley Show was a family friendly <laughs> show, exactly. or at least it was a clean show. I shouldn't say family friendly because you know, I... <laughs> <laughs> JC Sabala accidentally dropped the f bomb uh, on the PA system of the trolley. That's a no no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Kenny Kynes had a couple of uh, uh, rough spots in, in his set where he uh, kind of went over the line a little bit. But it was, you know, it was uh, it was received. Okay. JC and Kenny going over the line. Yeah, what? I know. No way. <laughs> no, they're, they're two of my good friends. I love them. So everybody, everybody in the family gets it. And, you know, they also understand. You know, my my backstory, I mean, for, you know, from the minute I moved to St. Louis in 1993 and then for almost 20 years thereafter, it was career, 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 career. Mm -hmm. I didn't have time uh, to really socialize. I mean, if it weren't for the uh, co-ed softball league that I was playing in one night a week in the in the mid 90s, I probably wouldn't have even met a wife, uh, you know, (laughs) met the person who became my wife. Uh, You know, I'd probably still be single now. So, you know, and then my kind of side creative projects for the next five years after that, it was all writing. And so it was stuff where I wasn't leaving the house. I wasn't getting out of the house. I wasn't socializing. I was just kind of this, this shut-in that was either in the office or, you know, on my computer in the basement not doing anything. And then when I finally decided to get out and do stand-up comedy, you know, not only did I find that that's something that I've really taken to and it seems to have taken to me as well, but I you know, was absorbed and welcomed into this, you know, comedy community. It's really, to be honest, I mean, it's the first time, you know, and, you know, I started in 2016, so I'd been here 23 years. It was the first time in 23 years that I had really developed a local, organically grown group of friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just so weird to think about. No, isn't it? But though? I yeah. mean, this is the, the, these are really the first friends that I have cultivated um, on my own initiative <laughs> in, in almost a quarter of a century. So yeah, sometimes I get a little frothy. Sometimes uh, I get a little sanguine uh, about you know my time in the comedy community, and that's really where it comes from. Is just the gratitude of getting to know and getting close with great and interesting people. Mm-hmm. So I you know, agree. I don't recommend that anybody go you know, 25 years as a social hermit. Um, But at the same time, uh, you know, if that's the way it's going to be, then there's no better way to land than to land right in the the heart of a a, uh, 
passionate, friendly, and universally supportive community. I could I couldn't agree more. I feel like that's that's like the one thing. Sometimes people are like, you know, St. Louis is almost too supportive, but I uh, I think it's great because you know it's it's nice because it's you know we're also supportive too of each other's sets. Like there's other places I've gone where people just are like, oh, good job or whatever. But mm-hmm. what I love is like we can like listen to each other and pull each other's time and be like, hey, I got a tag for your joke. And yes. it's like not a weird like competition thing. Like Aaron Porter, shout out to Aaron. He um, at the Funny Bone the other night, he was like, oh my God, Molly, I haven't heard you do like this one joke in a while. And it just reminded me, I have this tag. Do you want to try it out? And then last night I was doing a show over at the Heavy Anchor mm-hmm. and I tried it out and it killed. So Aaron, thank you. <laughs> like yeah. That. I mean, that's, that's just, you know, what we do for each other. It's also fun. You know, uh, you know, social media can be a hellacious cesspool at times, but for me, yes. uh, there's nothing more gratifying than when somebody throws one of my themes or punchlines back in my face in some sort of a smart-ass comment because, hey, that that registered with you, yes. you know? It, so. oh, I mean, I, I think I did that once at an open mic when you were talking about, because uh, you had talked about your your parent, your grandparents came in and they were like dressed to the nine. Oh, the, the, the aunt and uncle. Yeah. The aunt and uncle. And I, I don't know. I don't remember what I said, but I just like remember. And I, Jimmy's like, Oh God, Molly. And I was like, Oh no, I'm going to do this deal. I was like, we're friends. It'll be fine. It was like, I said something about like eating ass. Yep. Yep. (laughs) But I love that. Like, that's your joke. Like everybody's like, Oh, we know what's going to happen. Yale's aunt and uncle now. Yep. Great. (laughs) Uh, well, we're kind of getting close to the end. Michael, oh, no. yeah, it's right. We've got still 15 the minutes. Don't worry. <laughs> the end is near. Who knows <laughs> at this point? I know uh, what I wanted to kind of ask you is, you know, what has been kind of the highlight? You know, now you have backdoor comedy events. What has been one of the highlight of the experiences of now opening this place? Opening the comedy club? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, honestly, uh, kind of, you guys kind of, kind of talked about it. The, the, the community. When, when I first started this, and it, it was uh, shortly after I met with Yale for the very first time, uh, we met at Westport. At, uh, uh, Where everybody meets, yeah. the bread co, bread you co. know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, now it's under construction. And we started to, uh, you know, I started to go a little bit deeper into, like you said, you know, I knew of a few places that there was comedy, but I, I was not anywhere in the know of all the little joints that, you know, the, the comedy places. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's great. And so then the, the all the people that just been coming out of the woodwork, um, 99% great. I've had a few comedians that um, I think are uh, insane and <laughs> will not stop blowing up my phone, telling me how to run my club. And uh, what? Uh, oh, my gosh. And it's like, and, oh, and, and kind of demanding, why aren't you hiring me? And, and one of the things that, uh, um, my, one of my rules is I want you to come and open mic and I want to see you, you know, eye to eye, but, but that's, you know, the overall it's the community. That's what I've been having. So, and I keep saying this and it might be bad or whatever. I, I love the open mic more than anything. You know, the shows are great on the weekend, but, uh, I, I get, I don't know. It's kind of like a freeing thing. I get to just sit back and watch these, you know, because it goes back to who I am. I want to take you <laughs> and lift you up. Yeah. And, and I'm like, oh, my God. And it's like there was uh, 
what's her name? Lauren Peterson. Yeah. Oh yeah, Lauren's she, been on here. Yeah, She's she uh, uh, she she came Thursday night, mm-hmm. and. I was like, oh my God, she's really good. And, and and so I was like talking to her afterwards and I was like, there's there was just a couple things I'm like from a public speaker that I am that I'm like, you know, if you stop this and just kind of you got it, your jokes are great, you know, and it's like and she's like, Oh, thank you. And but uh it's just it's being able to really help somebody and you know, them appreciate that because I'm not doing it out of an ego. All I'm doing is trying to help. So, you know, it comes down to the community and, and comics are great people. Yeah. I think your open mic is kind of an outlier in, in the area and that you actually get a real audience that comes out for it. It's actually almost become a social event mm-hmm. in O'Fallon right. um, where a lot of clubs and a lot of other open mics, they just don't have that. I mean, they deal with, you know, the audiences that they get, but, you know, especially for like the bar shows and things like that. Um, but you, uh, you charge for it and people show up and that's really, you know, quite, uh, you know, another testimonial is the fact that I think comics are going to prioritize Thursday nights for backdoor if they don't have anything else going on, because they know that they actually have a real live laboratory to work in because there are people who are not associated with the comics that are there to watch comedy. So that's yeah. that's a neat, that's another um, uh, completely unsolicited plug for the Thursday night. <laughs> there was open another $20 bill that yes. went across the table. No, cha-ching. I, uh, I, I agree with Yale on that though, because I hadn't had a chance to go, because I had like a show and I had this, you know, I was, I was like, finally, I have a free Thursday, we're going. And uh, it was funny because one of Jimmy's friends from college was in the audience. He was like, hey, man. Didn't even know you started doing That's comedy. Awesome. What's up? <laughs> and he's like, hi, nice to meet you. Are you Molly? And I'm like, who is this? Foley, Missouri <laughs> in the house. It was just like the funniest thing. I was like, Jim, I said, who knew? Like this, you know, backdoor comedy opens and all of a sudden. But that's that's what's kind of beautiful about open mics because you just run into people sometimes that you you haven't seen. Like I was at I was at Helium one night on a Wednesday, and I the first show I ever directed, ever produced was in the Moonrise Hotel, actually. Oh, wow. Yes. We used the Betty Grable suite, and it was kind of like an interactive thing where that was her apartment. And we set up the chairs, and then everything took place at one table. So it was it, we had it, like, facing out the city. It was it was an endeavor, but we sold out every show. I mean, we, it was easy. It was only 25 seats. So you're like, boom, done. That's that's fine. But uh, And it was Valentine's Day weekend, so everybody's, like, looking for something to do. But uh, long story short, the guy I directed, and I haven't seen him in years, and he came out on a random Wednesday with a, a friend of his. And he was like, yeah, I saw your name was on the list. And, like, you know, it's it's crazy how open mics kind of do that. Because people, especially when you go to, like, Rackdoor or Helium or the Funny Bone, you know, sometimes you kind of like to talk to the audiences and be like, how did you decide to spend, like, you know, such and such amount of money? And they're like, well, we just wanted to see some local comedy. And, you know, not that a big name doesn't draw people, obviously, but it is kind of cool that people are like, I want to know what's locally happening here. Like, what are some of the local artists that are, yeah, it was just funny. I was like, oh, here's Jimmy's friend from college. He's like, well, so nice to see you guys. Have a good night. (laughs) Like, it was like. (laughs) That's beautiful. I liked it a lot. Uh, Yale, what I'll ask you is, you know, when you started producing, what is something you know now, I guess, that you wish you maybe knew back then that you would probably want to tell anybody that wants to produce a show or move up in comedy or 
around those lines? Uh, the first thing that you should know is that uh, nothing is forever and that you can have a great show uh, one night and a not so great show the next night. And sometimes your venues that you work with um, aren't aren't necessarily, it's not in their best business interest to continue to give you multiple chances to, to build an audience. So um, always look at every single venue that you work with uh, as somebody who is willing uh, to support you. But, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Don't hold that against the venue unless, you know, for some reason they've just been outwardly hostile or something like that, in which case, why did you go into business with them in the first place? Um, venues cycle through sometimes, too. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, a show isn't a good fit in a particular year, and then later on the clientele changes, and it's good. So don't burn bridges. Um, you know, always be on the lookout for the next, you know, opportunity. Don't don't say no to people, you know, if they want to talk to you about having comedy, you know, in their venue, don't immediately write it off because you don't think it's a good fit. Um, and network, 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 you know, get to know other comics, get to know other venue operators, um, and just, you know, build those personal connections because you never know where your next great opportunity is going to come from. And also be open to helping other people, um, you know, what you know if if you're going to run a show have a vested interest in the performers that you put on um and help them get more visibility so if you're going to promote a show promote a show and promote your comics as well absolutely i i think that's another two it's all about kind of like promotion as well <laughs> like i uh sometimes i don't understand when people and this is just also an opinion piece this is no reflection of michael or yale but I really hate when people are like, oh, I'm in a show, but like, I just never tell anybody about it. And I'm kind of like, you should tell people, like, especially oh, if yeah. you're at like a venue or you're doing something, you're doing something you love. Like, I think you should always, I mean, I, trust me, I know on Instagram, people are like, oh, Molly's posting something again, or this is happening again. But I think it's great because not like, like last night I did a show with um, Jess Campbell, who's a comedian here. She's been doing comedy on and off for about seven years. We did this show over at the Heavy Anchor. And what was kind of cool was that we all as a team kind of promoted it together. It was kind of early out, but she had us in a Facebook message and she was like, here's like, she would update us like, here's the flyer. And she's like, I know it's not part of your job, but if you do want to share it with the, and what was cool was that <laughs> I took one of the posters and I just put it up in a, cause I live in the artist lofts up the street. And I can say that because it's security locked, so you wouldn't be able to get in. <laughs> but uh, I've got it on the board. And my maintenance man showed up last night and was like, Molly, this was so fun. Like, you need to share more of your shows. Yeah. And, you know, you never know. It's not even, I hate to be like, it's not even about you. But, like, so, there's some people who just want to see live comedy and they're not really sure, kind of especially if they're newer to the city or don't really get out to see a lot that they want to know. So go ahead and share it. Like, even if you're like, I don't want to make this about me, then don't make it about somebody else. So I, uh, I, I think that's fantastic though. Helping people building the community. Um, let's talk about to where we can find you guys like social media shows. Yeah. We'll start with you. What do you have coming up? Okay. Well, um, I guess by the time this drops, my next, um, 
gig will be at uh, the Crack Fox on December the 20th. Uh, that is uh, the Impolite Company Showcase. I'll be emceeing that. We have uh, Adam Burke from Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is going to be our headliner that night. So uh, he's coming down from Chicago. He's decided to start doing some club gigs in addition to some of the theater gigs and whatnot that, that he's been doing. And, of course, his occasional star turn on that uh, uh, staple of weekend NPR radio um, so that will be on December the 20th, uh, January 3rd and 4th. As I mentioned before, I'll be at the Backdoor Comedy Club. What? what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Opening for Jeff Bodart. Very excited about that. He's a very funny guy. He and I actually have uh, quite a bit in common. So that'll be a, a good uh, one three punch uh, there. I'm, I forgot who's featuring that weekend, but I, I you know, that. Michael does a great job in, in booking those shows and getting compatible comics on. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and then uh, I'll just go ahead and throw out advance notice once more uh, to be at the Gaslight Theater at 8.30 p.m. on Friday, January 31st for the triumphant return of the Coffee Break Comedy Showcase. I, of course, will be hosting that. We've got uh, Danny Lydia will be uh, on, on the bill. Danny, sorry. And we've got <laughs> we've got Meredith Hopping oh, featuring <laughs> and everybody's good friend Sam Lyons will be headlining that show. Love Sam. Yep, and the Lions Den. I'm ready. So that's that's basically uh my uh three uh three major stars uh uh, on the calendar for the next month or so. I was about to say, I was like, I already have 2020 planned out first month. This is great. I'm excited. <laughs> it's like the year hasn't even ended and I'm ready to book my calendar up. This is great. Michael, you know, we talked kind of about your lineup that you have coming up at Backdoor. Is there anything else that you like to share with us? Uh, absolutely. Uh, and, and that's with Yale talking about per, uh, producing shows. I would love uh, like to have on a Tuesday or Wednesday night have just a local comedian's actual show and where we could actually you know build it and you know be like a ten dollar you know entry and um and and part of that would be be paid to the comics so uh, it would be an actual really you know show so um but anyone interested in coming out uh backdoorcomedyevents.com um i'm sure you'll probably you know put that on there yeah, I'm on social media on, and Facebook, uh, Instagram. Um, I'm not Twitter yet, uh, but I'm, I'm working on getting my uh, YouTube all set up uh, to do that. So, uh, and, and I'm on the Google. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so, yeah, come out and see us. Uh, check us out. Uh, open mic or just come out to a show. And, and I'd love to have you. And uh, make sure you introduce yourself to me. I, I am there pretty much uh, every moment. Um, and I'm loving it. So yeah, there Good. you go. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll share everything. Uh, just make sure that you do casually subscribe to the casually Molly podcast. We can be found on Spotify, iTunes, your Apple podcast app, Google play and Podbean. Um, we can also get a like on Facebook if you'd like, and then you can also follow us on Instagram for updates, both on Yale, Michael, and also me, if you're interested. Uh, but gentlemen, what are you going to casually do now with the rest of your day? <laughs> <laughs> well, what's, what's funny is uh, last night, Katie, uh, Katie, my daughter, she uh, also does tickets for me. Uh, she calls and um, she goes, Dad, my tire's flat. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, I can't do anything. It's like the, the club is opening. I'm sending people for dinner and, 
And so, uh, you know, we have roadside service so together. So I have to deal with that today. Uh, I checked it this morning and she, uh, she hit a curb and totally blew out. There, there's oh, a hole in the no. side. So I got to replace the tire. So that's, that's that. And then, uh, yeah, I got, I got shows tonight. We're going to have fun. It's going to be a great night. Sounds good. Yeah, what are you doing? I am casually going to Costco to buy toilet paper. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, after after that, I will uh, casually be featuring. I think I'm featuring. I don't think I'm headlining at Apotheosis Comics tonight. Nice. And Tom's got me doing uh, 15 to 20 on that show. So I don't know if that's a feature spot or a headline spot or just a random spot. Doesn't matter to me. I'm doing 15 to 20 minutes of comedy tonight, and that's all I care about. Yeah, I love minutes, it. Minutes, not years. You know. That's right. I had to say, I am. I always say this like literally every episode, but I am casually going to work after this because I got to make that money. But uh, I may swing by <laughs> Helium tonight because Godfrey is performing. Godfrey so is performing. Yes. And yep. Akeem Woods is featuring. I know. Because I, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Marquise Moore is hosting. Marquise, podcast and yep. podcastist and friend. Well, thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate your time. And again, just please casually review and subscribe to the podcast. We'll see you on our next episode. Thanks, Molly. Thank, thank you. you.